Live and festive in the Publix Holiday Headquarters studio at WSB. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 807 at News Talk, WSB, 48 degrees outside, a very pleasant day, partly cloudy all day long, and the temperature going up into, well, the high 50s today, very, very nice. Welcome, my friends. This is the Lawn and Garden Show, and yes, my friends, we are live today, the day before Christmas, first nice night of Hanukkah. Dave Baker is here as well. We will be here next Saturday, the day before New Year's. Yes, indeed, we're going to be here because we are dedicated Ashley Frasca is here answering calls. She is dedicated. Are you not? Totally dedicated. Totally this dedicated. Next, absolutely. Jason Byers, you here? Jason Byers, I'm here. so dedicated. I'll be here tomorrow. And Jason Byers will be here on Christmas Day. He because can't he is stay so away. Dedicated. He's the man. We are here to help you do whatever you want to do in the garden this morning. 404-872-0750. If you can think about the next year, think about next June, think about what you might be doing next June. If you'd like to go to England, go to the Cotswolds, a big green area to the west of London. Beautiful, beautiful rolling countryside, castles and gardens and all sorts of things. We're going to take a garden tour to the London Private Gardens of London plus the Private Gardens of the Cotswolds with a group of about 25 or maybe 30 people that we do every year. Go to various places around the world and next year it's England and the Cotswolds. Details at WalterReeves.com. And by the way, we are two-thirds full. I got the note from the travel company yesterday. We're two-thirds full already. It's 808. Our number again, 404-872-0750. And Teresa and Nelson joins us. Hey, Teresa, good morning. Hi. Hi, Walter. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. How can I help? Um, with this warm weather we're having, is it too late for me to do a cover crop in the garden? Man, we got to see. All right, listeners out there who don't know what a cover crop is, a cover crop is something you put onto your garden that grows green during the wintertime, and it can add some nitrogen. It certainly adds organic matter. It holds the soil in place. It's generally considered a good thing to do, although not all gardeners do it. Teresa is smart, though, and she does it. So what were you thinking about planting, Teresa? Uh, Well, I was going to ask your suggestion for that as well. Ryegrass. (laughs) I've got one, ryegrass. That's it. Okay. Uh, And ryegrass certainly has a chance of germinating in warm weather, warm as it is right now. I know it's going to fluctuate up and down over the next couple of weeks, but if there's anything that would germinate, it's going to be ryegrass. Okay. Thank you very much. Very thinly. Don't put way, 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 way too much to feed the birds. So how big is your garden, Teresa? How many square feet do you Uh, think? Well, when I walk it, it's like a 20 by 25. Those are not very very big. When I was a kid, no. ours was at least five miles long and five miles wide, as far as I was concerned, <laughs> when I walked it. Um, okay, for 20 by 25, so that's, uh, what, 400 square feet? Something mm-hmm. like that. And so we need, 
five pounds for a thousand, so you need just two or three pounds of ryegrass. You don't need much. Get the little bag, all right? Get the little bag of ryegrass seed and spread it out. If you scratch the soil with a rake a little bit so the seed have a chance to fall into the into the scratches and then maybe pat it down with the backside of a shovel or scratch it again with a rake, I guess, and just cover the seed with a little bit of soil. It'll germinate some somewhat better. Okay, great. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Have a Merry Christmas. Sure, Teresa. Merry Christmas to you, too. Thanks. Bye-bye. By the way, what do you do with the ryegrass when it comes up? It greens. It's green. grows real tall during the wintertime. By April of next year, it might be two feet high. And so what you do is about, oh, the first week in April, last week of March, maybe, you go out with your lawnmower or with a sling blade. Nobody knows what a sling blade is. I know. Yes, I used to use a sling blade all the time to cut down ragweed in the pasture. Um, but you get some cutting implement implement, and you mow the, the ryegrass down as low as you can possibly get it. Leave it on the ground. Take your tiller or shovel or whatever and dig it in real good to prepare the soil for planting. You do that at the end of March until you're ready to plant around the middle of April. That's what cover crops do. They keep the soil and sometimes enrich it as well. 11 minutes past the hour and Jean is in Peachtree Corners and joins us. Hey, Jean. Good morning. Good morning. I was calling in regard to the Myers lemon tree. Oh, yeah. I have one that is really full, and every year I add a couple of navel oranges to the Myers lemon and make marmalade, which mm. my friends and relatives love. Plus, I um, found the recipe in my grandmother's Watkins cookbook. Yeah. Marmalade. Ooh, what a good idea, Gene. That may be where my Meyer lemon goes. Marmalade. I do love marmalade, and I love it on something that not many people can appreciate, but a little bit of marmalade on a Ritz cracker. Ooh, that's good. So <laughs> I may be making marmalade this afternoon. Good for you. Good for you. Thank you for giving me that recipe and that idea. Marmalade, okay. the Meyer lemon. Thanks so much. Bye. We'll see you, Gene. Who have we got next in here? Brad comes to us. Brad is in Williamson, and he's on News Talk WSB. Hey, Brad. Hey, Walter. Hey, first of all, I wanted to thank you. My son uh, graduated ABAC. Now he's at UGA Research down yeah. there. Yeah, This This summer, you mentioned to a lady about Tiff Tuff. Tiff Tuff grass. yeah. He, yeah, he helped develop that, and he was so excited that you had mentioned it because he said that they were having a hard time getting the word out about how awesome that grass was. All right, let's give it to everybody right now. If you're looking for an excellent, excellent new variety of Bermuda grass, Tiff Tuff. That's what we call it, T-I-F-T-U-F, Tiff Tuff. And it was developed in Tifton, as the name might imply. And the uh, advantage to Tiff Tuff is it's one of the least likely to be hurt by drought. When Bermuda grass gets dry, it turns a little bit on the crunchy, yellowish side a little bit. Tiff Tuff is awesome in its uh, ability to survive drought. It seems to be as shade tolerant as many other Bermuda grass, maybe a little bit more shade tolerant than some. It's great Bermuda grass. Is that enough promotion, Brad? <laughs> I did yes, pretty good, uh, I think. Tiff Tuff, that's what's up. I did, I did have a question, though. Uh, between me and my neighbor, we've got 20 acres together, mm. and um, we're going to be planting some deer food pots, hopefully, this summer. Yeah. But both of us are under conservancy. We can't cut trees. And, and I was just curious what Mike could plant back there for the deer during the summer. Hmm. <laughs> Soybeans are not going to be great. Turnips, maybe. Turnips is a possibility. Food. Turnips. Yeah. Okay. Um, where do you get your seed from in the first place, Brad? 
probably Cedar Rock down in uh, in uh, Woodbury. Yeah, call them and ask if they have any suggestions of something that might work in the shade better than another thing. Terps is all I can think of that might work pretty well in the shade okay. form. And uh, Adams Briscoe, if you need another place to call, Adams Briscoe C down in Jackson, they generally have smart ideas on food plots, so you could ask them as well. Adams Briscoe Seeds. All right. Well, sounds good, and I uh, love the show, man. Don't forget Tiff Tough Bermuda Grass. Tiff Tough Bermuda Grass. Good <laughs> Tell your son hey for me, Fred. <laughs> we'll do. We'll see you soon. All right. Bye. One of the ways that the University of Georgia makes a lot of money and I mean a lot. We're not talking 100000 We're talking in these tens of millions of dollars every year the University of Georgia gets by licensing plants that have been developed by the various researchers and breeders. And because there's such a huge turf and landscape industry in the southeast, anything you can do to make a better Bermuda grass is an awesome thing. So the researchers in Tifton... I see Wayne Hanna and two or three more down there that have been working on Bermuda for 50 years. TIF 419, the TIF Grand, TIF all the other TIF uh, Bermuda grasses. The university, when they license the grass to a grower, they have to pay a dime or a penny or something like that per square foot that they grow on their on their sod farm. And that money then gets added up, checks sent to the University of Georgia to support the research and educational efforts of the University of Georgia. And so that's why TIF Tough and such a bright idea in the eyes of many people because they think it's going to bring a lot of money into the University of Georgia. Scott is out in Decula, and Scott joins us on Lawny Garden. Morning, Scott. Hey, Walter. How are you doing today? Uh, all right. What's going on? Listen, I've got uh, a lot of blueberry bushes that have been in the ground for maybe 10 years. And in the last couple of years, I've had a bush or two, not side by side, but within that line, that... For some reason, during the year, one or two of the leaders will go from a vibrant, growing uh, stem yeah. that has leaves and, and, in some cases, berries on it. One day it'll be great. Next day it'll be wilted. Third day it looks like somebody took a, th- a flank throw or two. Uh, Anthracnose are one of the stemmy, I'll call them stemmy leaf spots. <laughs> Uh, It's a disease that gets onto the stem, turns it yellow beyond that point. Generally doesn't spread virulently like some diseases might. So I think there's no spray, Scott. There is simply prune out the disease parts as seen, fertilize as appropriate, and let the blueberries fight the fight on their own. Would it turn the stem corky looking? Yes. Ah. Well, that's another indicator. Anthracnose is my guess on that. It's hard to pronounce, but anthracnose or stemmy leaf spot, or you can make up a name if you want to, but that's what I call it. Stemmy leaf spot, anthracnose, yeah. That plant is now gone. Can I plant another plant in its place? Sure. Sure. As I say, it's not virulent. It's not a soil-borne disease. It seems to infect others very readily, so I think you're fine to plant another one there. Nothing I did environmentally to cause it. No. And while you're at it, let's, while we're promoting the University of Georgia, get one of the new University of Georgia blueberry varieties. Uh, Scott Neesmith is the researcher down in Griffin, and they've got Triumph and uh, what was the other one they had down there? Alapaha and uh, Aklokne. Aklokne is the one that has a great big berries on it. Berries as big as the end of your thumb. They are enormous blueberries. Yeah, I, was, I was looking at a Titan, I think. Titan, yeah. Titan's a no, new and very excellent blueberry. The last, the last quick question I got, there's a guy in the Farmer's Market Bulletin 
who thins out his blueberry bushes every year mm-hmm. and has them really cheap. Uh, what do you think about taking those from that guy to uh, another environment, my yard? I mean, is it something that maybe I would transmit disease with? Or? I don't think so. Blueberries get so few really bad diseases that, no, I don't think there's much worry from that. I mean, are you going to pick them up from this person, or are you, how are you going to get the plant? That's usually how it works. He's up in, he's up in Helen, I'm down in Kula. Mm. It's not a bad drive, but they're so expensive. Yeah. And they're you know, supposedly, quote-unquote, three to four feet tall. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So if I could pick up if I could pick up 100 of them, it wouldn't be too many. Well, yeah, you know, if we're 100, that's going to be some bucks. So you might want to ask him to take some pictures of the blueberry site and make sure it looks relatively clean and well taken care of, no diseases evident for the in the pictures, and just see, you know, make sure before you drive all the way up there to Helen that you got some blueberries that you want to plant. So that's the only caution that I might have for you, Scott. It's 819. We'll be back to more Lawn and Garden after this. <laughs> This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellis weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves and the lawn and garden advice you need. Quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. It's going to be a really relatively pleasant day outside. Overcast most of the day, but highs in the high 60s this afternoon. Right now it's 49 degrees outside. Highs or lows, I should say, overnight and eh, low 50s, perhaps high 40s. So not a bad day at all tomorrow. About the same Christmas Day. Maybe a little bit higher chance of showers tomorrow. Your full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Nancy comes up right now. Nancy's in Snellville. Here she is. Hey, Nancy. Hi. Hi. Thanks for taking my call. You bet. How can I help? I have an old wheelbarrow that I have planted with pansies. Yeah. It's cracked, so it drains beautifully. Uh, but I have a problem with deer. <laughs> and I was thinking about putting some malorganite <laughs> on, but should I put malorganite on at this time of the year? You know, we had the caller just before you who wanted to plant something to feed the deer in his, in his hunting plot. Yeah, well, plot. you can have them. He could plant pansies out there <laughs> let the pansies feed the deer for a while. Uh, yeah, as a matter of fact, milorganite is not going to hurt the pansies, and I'll tell you why this is. Milorganite is a fertilizer, and frankly, pansies could use some fertilizer right now, but they probably are not going to get any nutrients from milorganite because it's an organic fertilizer that's broken down by bacteria in the soil. And bacteria are few and far between right now in cold, cold dirt in the wheelbarrow. So you can put the milorganite on top. It'll dissolve into the soil. It will not make the pansies happier any at all because it won't release any nitrogen from those bacteria. The deer will come around and smell it. And since it comes from the sewage plant in Milwaukee, they'll say, hmm, bratwurst, shotguns, hmm, don't like that. <laughs> and hopefully leave your pansies alone, Nancy. That's what we want. Yeah. Okay, great. I'll get out there today and put some milorganite down. But while you're at it, um, do you have the milorganite already or are you going to buy some? I have it. All right. 
If you want to buy something else, a nutrient that does release pretty nicely in cold soil is the Osmocote with a pink label. Mickey Gasaway and myself talk about this frequently when we're talking about pansies and ornamental kale and cabbage and cool season type ornamental plants is that the Osmocote with the pink label has a particular source of nitrogen. It's called nitrate nitrogen that dissolves faster in cold soil and is taken up by cold roots, plants in cold soil roots. And so the Osmocote with the pink label we think does pretty well for pansies, even though the Milorganite won't give them much nutrition at all. Okay, but can I use the Milorganite and the Osmocote? Yes, you can. Because ah. ah. right. the Osmocote, the way it's released, <laughs> get your little chemistry lesson right here. The way the Osmocote is released is by water, by dissolving this uh, thin coating around the balls of fertilizer in the Osmocote bottle. And so water is what dissolves that in the soil right now. It's plenty moist, and so it dissolves a little bit and feeds the pansies. All right. Well, thank you very much. You have a Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you as well, Nancy. Thank you for calling. Thank you. Our phone number, 404-872-0750. Mickey Gasaway from Pike Nursery will be with us at 835. But you can have your question answered this morning, 404-872-0750. We'll be back after news. And that's enough. Simply having a wonderful Christmas time. Live and festive in the Publix Holiday Headquarters studio at WSB. It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 8.35, 49 degrees outside on a Saturday morning. Oh, my gosh, it is winter already in Atlanta. And what do we know about the weather? It's going up into 60 today. Oh, heavens to Betsy. Well, I give you much more pleasant opportunities to go to your local Pike Nursery because Mickey Gasway is there right this minute at the West Cobb store. And, Mickey, we have to tell everybody, if you don't get there today, Christmas is tomorrow, and today we got big sales on at Pike. That's right. We've got all the Christmas decor is 70% off. The the poinsettias are half price. Just all kind of stuff all all over the store is on sale. So come in today and check it out. Look for the yellow signs. They're on sale. December 26th is not a big day for Christmas decorations anywhere. No, (laughs) No, 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 no. So, yeah, all right. So lay it, lay it on us again. How much is off? 70? Uh, 70% on all the Christmas decor, the mm-hmm. inside stuff, um, 50% on poinsettias. The Christmas trees are marked way down. Um, so just come in and check it out. Well, all right. And, and also, don't forget your gift cards. If you hadn't decided oh, what right. you want to get, um, Ashley told me today she's just gotten a, a gift card. She was all excited about that. Yes, indeed. Yep. And it's so easy to buy. Just walk up to the cash register, buy a gift card, and everybody on your garden list will appreciate getting a gift card to Pike. That's exactly right. One of the things, too, remember even you get the... Oh, even Stan might get you a gift card for five. <laughs> you can also get the birding supplies. I always think of birding supplies as just the perfect 
Christmas gift for somebody you don't know quite what to get them, get them a bird feeder, get them oh, a birdhouse, get them some suet blocks, get them something like that because they are just, I love watching birds in my backyard. So do That's you. That's the gift that and keeps them giving. It sure it? does. And uh, I filled my cedar up with the, uh, yesterday, as a matter of fact, with the sunflower seed and put a new uh, suet block. I have two hanging at one place because inevitably if I just had one, then it would get empty and then I'd feel guilty about the hungry birds. So I have two. <laughs> so one gets empty and the other one still has a little bit of suet left in it. So then I felt the first one. You know how that goes. What kind of what kind of bird seed do you use? Black oil sunflower, sunflower. seed exclusively. Do you? Now sunflower. see, I use the sunflower meat. Uh huh. <clears throat> Boy, you, I don't like the mess. <laughs> yeah, you better get some uh, gift cards from Pike. It costs a little more for the sunflower. But it meat. really the the meats when you look at you're not paying for any of the the shell, All right, and good it, point. it lasts. Twice as long, and so and the point. shells don't fall underneath the bird feeder where they get all scattered on the ground and the yep. grass doesn't grow. That's right. I, so I use those in certain places where I, I don't care if it gets on the ground, but where I've got them in my gar- in my beds, I use the, the meat. I understand. That makes okay. good sense. So there. <laughs> we all have our little tricks That's and exactly techniques right. of doing it. And another thing that Ashley mentioned, besides the gift card that she got from her sweetheart for Christmas, is that her cyclamen is coming up, and my cyclamen is coming up, too, that you sold me two years ago. It's coming, doing fine. Well, good. That is fantastic. It's one of those plants that you worry about it because you plant it in the spring. It's blooming. looks great. Summertime comes, and it's gone away. No leaves. Yeah. Is it dead? No, it's not dead. Cool weather comes in the wintertime, and up it comes again. That's right. It's it's a little bulb. That's what it is. Yeah. A form, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a little thick thing in the ground. That yeah. and the uh, primrose you sold me also two years ago is coming back. Good. And bloom for the bloom again this year. So, you know, you follow the advice of Mickey Gasway and you might get some success in your in your landscape. What can I say? Mickey, 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 Mickey. All right. Well, let's get out of here. Let's remind everybody one more time. <laughs> everything on sale just about at Pike Nursery. Yeah. Everything that has anything to do with the holidays is on yeah, sale. Yeah. Anything to do. The roping and the wreaths and the poinsettias and the Christmas trees. and No roping and wreaths. We're out of the, the fresh stuff. Oh, well. I think everybody is. I know we are. Okay. Everybody is. Sorry. <laughs> but the other stuff is still, the poinsettias can still look really nice. A great hostess gift if you're having a party tonight, going to a party tonight, tomorrow, sometime. Bring it to your mamas for Christmas Day luncheon. Have a little poinsettia. Take it into them from Pike Nursery. That's right. If we're looking for a Pike Nursery, where would we go to find one? At pikenursery.com. I bet we would. You have a Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you, to Stan, to Bubba the Parrot, and uh, we'll see how Alabama does in these games. We'll see. We'll see. See you soon, Mickey. Bye. 404-872-0750 is the number you can dial if you want to get your question answered quickly this Saturday morning. Carolyn is in Fayetteville, and Carolyn joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Carolyn. Yes, in uh, November, I had some anise shrubs planted professionally through Pike's Nursery and wanted to find out how much water should I give them now during the winter. Not much. When When did you have them planted? Oh, about a month ago. And we were watering them every couple of days, and then we had that about four inches of rain. So we backed off watering them, but now we're in the 60s, you know, high 50s, 60-degree weather. How much should we be watering them now? You're smart to think about it, because... I think that there's still a chance for the anise. It's only been in the ground for a month, and the root system is not spread very much at all. It's still that same pot-shaped root system that you put in the ground in November, or the pike folks put in the ground. And for that reason, that 
small root system can still get dried out because you've got the evergreen foliage of your anna shrub. It's drying out anytime the wind blows and the sun shines. It's drying out a little bit. So the way to water is don't worry too much about watering the foliage. That doesn't matter at all. What matters is the root ball. You stick the hose underneath the plant, let it trickle for, oh, 10, 15 minutes maybe, or full blast. Just soak the ground around it. Soak, 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 soak. And then, as you pointed out, you can you know, lay off for three or four days, but then soak, soak, soak again to make sure that root ball never gets dried out in the winter. Okay, thank you very much. Okay, what else did you have planted, Carolyn, besides oh, the That was it. They're about three-foot-sized shrubs. They were, we had like four of them planted, so they're really a good size and want to make sure that we don't overwater, I think, even more than underwater, yeah. I guess, in the winter. Yeah, and uh, I think you're on, you are on top of the situation. Now that I've told you where to put the water, I think you'll be fine. Okay, thank you very much, and Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Carolyn. Thanks for calling. All right, bye. It's 42 minutes past an hour of 8 o'clock. Jerry is with us. Hey, Jerry, good morning. Welcome to Lawn and Garden. Hey, Jerry. Hello. Hi. Hi, how are, how are you? I'm Walter. I'm named Walter, and I'm the Georgia Gardener. How are you? Well, I'm fine, and I've listened to you for so many years and gone to Hastings and had all your little lectures off and on oh and enjoyed every one of them. Well, Look thank forward you, Jerry. to it. How can I help? Well, I have a friend who likes roses, but she doesn't know the how to take care of them. Yeah. And I wanted to plant, I wanted to give her for Christmas a new dawn rose. Sure. And I wanted to know if it's too late to plant that for her, or if it is, if there is one similar to that that I could be more successful with. It is not too late, and you're a sweet person for thinking of your friend and planting the rose for her, Jerry. You're great. Well, thank you. A good friend. So, yes, New Dawn. The key, if there is any key on New Dawn Rose, is this is not a small, refined, little bitty rose. You know this, right? Right. It grows like crazy. That's that's why I thought she couldn't kill it. <laughs> you know your friend well. Um, yeah, I planted before. I didn't even gotten those little teeny rose bushes yeah. that she buys and lets die in the house and throws yeah, out. I yeah, even yeah. salvaged a couple of those for her. So where and are you going? Where's the new dawn going to be planted? Next to some trellis or a tree or a garage well, or what? That that's going to be next to a garage at a corner where I planted the last little. Uh, indoor rose thing mm-hmm. that actually survives, and I, I want to plant it about four feet away from the corner of the garage so that it can trellis up against the uh, up and down against the window right. at the garage. Right, good, 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 good. All to the good. So far, so good. Lots of sun. I'm hoping, and you know, good soil preparation. You'll do that. I'm sure. Right. And and does this have the canker? Does it need? Um, I don't know the. I can pull my car up to that corner and see what direction, southeast or southwest or north or whatever I, direction. I'm not good at telling. You know, yeah. just on standing there on foot, what you know direction the light should be. But does does that help planting the canker of the rose in a particular? Um, uh, south or north, west, no, or whatever I direction. I would not particularly want it on the shady side, on the north side of the garage. That's not going to be a lot of light, and it'll get lanky and not look very full, lose a lot of leaves right. at the bottom. But if it's any kind of southwest, southeast, southwest, I think all those directions will be fine. <laughs> That'll right. keep the new dawn in, in good shape. 
it gets good morning sun. It also gets some afternoon sun, but it doesn't get. Um, she doesn't water a lot, and I know that uh, roses need their water. Well, and give her a couple of gallon uh, milk jugs with a hole just poked in the bottom with a pen or a thumbtack or something like that, and say. Every week, or maybe twice a week, I want you to fill this full of water and stick it next to the stem of this new Dawn Rose to make sure it gets trickled water on the root ball, like I was telling the caller before you about the anise shrub. If she's not watering, it doesn't need a lot of water because it doesn't have many leaves on it right now, obviously. But during the spring and summer, it probably is going to need a little additional water and giving her a couple of milk jugs with holes in the bottom and say, here, fill it up, put it next, and let it trickle. That'll be a good, good little gift, too. Well, one little thing, uh, she's very intelligent. I mean, very, very intelligent woman, but it seems like uh, um, gardening is, is not in her wheelhouse. Um, <laughs> and I, I gave her the um, information about the water, solid, you know, the, I can't think of, come up with the name of it right now, all of a sudden, the little um, stuff to keep the moisture in the, yeah, the soil. soil. Moist. Yeah, sure. And so she's killed so many plants with that now because it looks like every slug in the metro area has <laughs> deposited itself there. Well, I want so, to correct you, Jerry, and say that you don't have to be intelligent or not intelligent or anywhere on the intellectual strata to be successful at gardening. There are some plenty of people who are really, really, really smart and can't grow green grass. Yeah, well, and there's some well, people that never went to high school. Part. And, I can grow things, but yeah. I, I, I'm not I'm not good in uh, business like she is, but I we, can at least plant something and water it and hope for the best. We all have um, our talents, but, Jerry. You have to appreciate your friend for that. Well, I do. And well, I just wanted to, uh, I know she loves roses, and I'd like to get her a nice, um, <laughs> something like New Dawn that is fragrant, that is pretty, and that will live, and I'm there enough that I can take good care of it off and on, at least maybe to help it get going. Well, that'll be fine. Well, Jerry, I know your friend will appreciate the gift, and congratulations for that. Happy holidays, and I will see you soon. we got to go, but it's 847, and we'll be back after this. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend, and the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves, the lawn and garden advice you need. And a quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. It's going to be a pretty pleasant day outside. High around 60 degrees today. Lows overnight in the high 50s. High 40s, I should say. Low 50s right now. It's 49 degrees. The full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Martha joins us with a question about her holly bushes. Hey, Martha, good morning. Good morning, Walter. How are you? Well, how can I help? I wanted you to tell me anything you can tell me about a holly bush. Is it mm. time to plant them? Or is it too big to be up close to the house? Oh, man, it depends on which one you have. Uh, hollies range in size from four inches tall to, I think about the shillings goes about two or three feet tall, and then you got the dwarf ones, and then you get up to the big ones, and then you get to the tree form. What do you want? We've got a holly for any need you have, Martha. Well, I want them up close to the house, just like regular hedges. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Shillings, they're dwarf hollies. There's Hellerai holly, there's um, 
Schilling's Dwarf, there are two or three more. If you go to any good nursery, if you go to Pike Nursery and just say, I need the small, and usually they call them Japanese hollies. Japanese, Japanese. hollies are the ones that have small leaves and they're foundation-type shrubs. And uh, so go to any good nursery and just say, I need the small foundation shrubs. Maybe bring a picture of the house in so they can see how high it is between the ground and the windows. Yeah, there's got to be a holly that will fit you perfectly, Martha. Okay, so it's a good time to plant right now? Absolutely, as long as you remember the color I had just now. Water the root ball, make sure it doesn't dry out in the wintertime. Thank you so much. Have a Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Martha. See you soon. Thank you. Bye-bye. Let's give a turn for Kathy to come in here. Hey, Kathy, good morning. Welcome to Lawn and Garden. Morning, Walter. Morning. How can I help? Two weeks ago, I called you about moving some magnolias from a friend's, which I did do. Okay. Unfortunately, when I went to water two of them this week, Something had rubbed 90% of the bark off oh, down man. through the outer layer and the light green, and one had been pulled out by the roots, and the other one had been knocked over from its uh, tether uh, that I had held it up with. If 90% is gone around, is there hope for those, or should I try something different? 90% is not happy, I think. Yeah, I Something different, and, and you know it was deer. Deer come, the male okay. deer rub the the velvet off of their antlers this time of year, and they knock things over if they're not well planted, well rooted in. Yours weren't, and so push down it went. So yeah, with ninety percent rubbed off, I think it's not much chance of it surviving. Well, the good news, they didn't get the third one, so I put a big tomato cage around it. <laughs> Some people put, I've recommended before, putting rebar, steel bars in the ground and wrapping that with with a chicken wire so they have something to rub against that's not the bark of the tree because deer will knock things down, just break limbs off up and down the trunk and rub, 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 trying to get that itchy stuff off the antlers. So it certainly is a problem this time of year. Kathy, thanks so much for calling. Merry Christmas to you. It is 8.57, and it's been such a great Saturday morning because I was get I was able to work with Ashley Frasca, who screened our calls and answered all the questions off the air. And Jason Byers made sure that we stayed on the air, which is even better. And Dave Baker's coming after me because even though it's the day before Christmas, we're going to have a lawn and garden and a home fix-it show. Same thing next Saturday for the day of New Year's Eve. Congratulations to everybody this morning who did not win the weekend prize paying, including Casey Reed Hall, who so wants to go to Tom Petty, but did not win the prize pay. Sorry, Casey. We'll see everybody next Saturday morning for another edition of Lawn and Garden.